Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back. Relax and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise, or at least we hope to deliver, is a conversation that's less than fascinating so that you can drift off. I will, however, say that today's episode might, I just want to bring a little uh, attention to it and and give a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about boxing and that might, uh, you know, make you feel like, oh, I won't be able to sleep. But we're going to talk about the technical aspect of boxing and really delve in deep with that. And um, But we will be talking about throwing punches, just so you're aware. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me is a dear friend who's a great boxer. Welcome, Cloda Power. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And what a great name for someone who's a boxer, the last name Power. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite fitting. That's not your stage name. That's your actual last name, correct? Yeah, yeah. It uh, It's from the Swedish, uh, essentially. We, uh, we came from the Vikings who moved to northern France, then came to invade Ireland in 1169. De Puer is what it translates to, which okay. originally came from poor fishermen. Wow. So... Of course, that leads us to know that you're Irish mm. and currently living in Canada. Yes. But you've lived in the States. You've lived everywhere. Have you boxed everywhere? Uh, I, w- I didn't box when I lived in Japan. Okay. They weren't too keen uh, on having me do any kind of full contact sport there. Okay. Um, but New York, uh, I was very interested in martial arts there, kickboxing, boxing, Muay Thai, and MMA, and Dublin, and here in Canada as well. And is the scene different? Do you find that the scene is different in all those countries, or are they very similar? Very different. Oh, wow. Yeah, very different. I uh, I really got into it in New York, like very invested in it, okay. and that's what changed everything for me. Um, and in, in Dublin, uh, I found in New York there was a lot more women. Okay. In Dublin, until I started coaching, I found that in the classes and in the the gyms that I was attending, there was very few. I would often be the only one. I see. And it, then I coached, and I found that more women came, and maybe it was because I was a female coach. Okay. But it was definitely a lot more, uh, a lot more open. And here in Canada? Here in Canada, it's it's very different, um, a different structure. Uh, I'm very interested in in sparring in full contact, but. You have to register with the Ontario um, Boxing Association. There's a lot more paperwork here. I see. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. All right. Let's delve in 
to boxing? Yeah, my uh, my brother put me in. Uh, his kickboxing coach in our little small town had actually been doing a, uh, a women's only class one weekend. Mm-hmm. And my brother knew um, I was always trying to emulate um, what I saw on TV. So he put me in. He was like, this is a good time for you to learn how to fight just in case anything ever comes up as you're a woman. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was he was progressive. Sure. And uh, and my mom didn't love it, okay. so uh, she kind of put she kind of curved it until uh, I went to university and I couldn't be tamed. Okay. And I uh, I signed up for every martial art: kickboxing, judo, um, kung fu. Wow. Um, and then just years of different training, I found that Muay Thai and, and boxing were what I loved the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a few. Small injuries here and there. Boxing was uh, was something that I found that I was teaching as well. Wow. Okay. So let me let me unpack this first of all uh, for our listeners who are like, why are they doing an episode on boxing? That seems like an exciting uh, topic, and I might not be able to sort of find my way to sleep. But the reason I want to talk I want to talk about the technical aspect of this sport because a lot of people know it as this dramatic sort of thing that takes place in a ring in like a lot of fast movements. And so you'd think, why would this be a topic for insomnia? And I'm like, no, I want to talk about the technical and how complex it is. Mm. And I feel like that's going to be less dramatic than the actual sport when you watch it on television. Yeah, definitely. But you said that your mom wanted you in Irish dancing. Did you take years of Irish dancing? No, I took about a month. Okay, because I was going to ask if that (laughs) helped with your boxing at all but no, no. Okay. Uh, I was a child I did about a month of Irish dancing okay. I got the flu and I was like I'm done so we found out how you got to boxing mm-hmm. let's talk about the technical aspect of boxing so having never boxed before what are some tips you would give to someone who is thinking of studying boxing slow down okay yeah everyone comes in they want to have fast hands and move and look really right. cool don't um it's the first thing i teach people is just how to stand still okay um where your feet are just understanding where your body is mm-hmm. so it's, it's very slow um i always tell people on your first class you probably won't break a sweat okay um it's just simple things like when you learn how to step forward is something that people find really hard when we walk we go left right when you're in boxing you get in a stance and you keep that stance. I see. So you're, if you're right-handed, then uh, then your left foot forward. Okay. I'm I'm left-handed, so uh, my right leg is forward. My power shot comes from my backhand. Mm-hmm. So it's teaching people that you are going with the opposite way that you think you're going. So if a right-handed person comes in, they think I should lead with my right hand, um, but you want to keep that in the back until you really need to like break someone's face i see so it reminds me of when you are uh what's the term when you're driving and you have you're you're towing a you're counter steering so you have a uh, let's say a hitch on the back of your car and you have to back you have to back up or go in reverse you're counter steering because your hitch might go the opposite way that you turn the wheel so you have to sort of think I've got to turn the wheel the opposite way that I think so that the hitch or the thing you're towing, in my case, it was a trailer full of bikes. When I was in Europe, I had to turn the wheel the opposite way so that the trailer would would start turning the way I wanted it to. That's what this sounds like to me. So it's mm. it's sort of retraining your brain 
to realize that the foot that you normally use with coordinated with the hand are not necessarily the foot and hand you're going to use in the same manner in the rink. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, when I'm teaching people, I usually try and tell them um, with your left hand, which would be most people's weaker hand, right. um, you knock on the door gently and then you use your right hand to break down the door. Oh, I see. Um, okay. It's the easiest way to explain it to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so your left hand, which would be where you jab. Sure. Um, it's a fast, but and it's a very important punch, mm-hmm. but um, it's usually a lighter punch. So you, you knock on the door. Okay. You don't get a response. Right. Then you break it down. I see. Yeah. I see. And I guess being grounded in your feet and in your body is key. Mm. That's why the first lesson sort of teaches you that. Yeah, so it's all about where your feet move and how you move your feet to channel your hips. Okay. Um, So when you're throwing that power shot off your backhand, for most people your right hand, Mm -hmm. you have to come up on the ball of your foot, pivot so that your toes, knees, and hips are facing the direction of where you want your power to go. Okay. So in your general stance, your back foot, which is going to be your power shot, um, that is facing just slightly out. So if it's your right foot, it's going to be facing at about 2 o'clock. Okay. And then when you're throwing your hand from that side, so your right foot, you're going to turn it to 12 o'clock. I see. Um, so that you're using your whole body to throw that punch. It never comes from your shoulder. It comes from your foot. Wow. And who are some boxers that have great footwork that you've seen them? Um in, like in films or, or like like oh. you know, on video or even just boxers that you're like, this person has great footwork. I mean, everyone talks about Muhammad Ali's feet. Like and, they were phenomenal. He was mm. doing like beautiful dancing right. in the ring. He uh, And it was what gave him his edge. Um, a lot of the time you're seeing, I spend a lot of my time watching footwork in the ring. Um, and a lot of people nowadays, they uh, you can see where they'll falter in their feet. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and it's also in your head when you're uh, when you're in the ring. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of people suddenly watching you. It's a lot of money too. A lot right. of the time, you know, and you know, the, one false step and you lose everything. Okay. Um, so a lot of time you can see and you can watch people. And I think also the heavier the person, the more they require their feet. Like um, Anthony Joshua, who is uh, he's English. He's Huge, huge guy, um, but he's very muscular. He uh, he faced off against um, Ruiz, who's a Mexican guy. Okay. Um, he's he's not the physique of a boxer. He's okay. a he's a real hefty looking gentleman. Okay. Um, one would call him fat if you saw him okay. walking down the street. It was a often joke. Um, right. Anthony Joshua is like an Adonis. Right. He's gorgeous and sculpted and mm-hmm. super tall. Uh, and Ruiz is uh, just a fat dude right. who okay. uh, beat Joshua. And for a guy to look the way he does, right. to be on his toes the way he was, it's a lot on your calves. Okay. So, you know, watching him move and, you know, fully take down Anthony Joshua a few months ago during the summer, I think it was. Okay. Um, and suddenly win all the belts. Wow. Um, that was, it was wild. <laughs> I guess that that's the elegance of boxing that a lot of people don't necessarily identify with the sport right away. Mm. That there is this sort of poetic dance in the rink. Yeah. And like, that, that can lead someone to, to success where one might, a novice or someone who doesn't know the sport well, thinks, oh, it's all just punches. Hmm. But it sounds to me that 
there's a lot in the feet that people don't realize that's going on. Yeah, I mean, people joke about um, Mayweather, that mm-hmm. he does laps around the ring. Um, he's going to tire you out. He's going to keep his feet moving before he needs to use his hands. Right. Um, and evasive techniques mm-hmm. are avoiding a punch is just as important as throwing a punch. Because um, if you get hit in the face because your feet are planted and fat, flat, mm-hmm. then uh, you're not going anywhere. You're going to get concussed. Wow. So lighten the feet. Now, you said you talked about getting in your head. And I know that's something that for myself, when I have insomnia, I often get in my head. What do you or boxers do to get out of their head in the moment? For me, I, uh, I count. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing I always had that calmed me. Um, I, uh, I start to count my breathing. So it's in, two, three, out, two, three. Okay. Um, and it's something that I've, I've found. I, uh, I went skydiving a few years ago, and right. it was the same thing. I had used it so much in, in boxing and Muay Thai when mm-hmm. I'd get overwhelmed mm-hmm. by an opponent that I might hold my breath um, if I'm getting punched or kicked a lot. And I would just, you know, just slow it down, um, tighten my fists, and start to count. Um, and any time that there was any panic, I found mm-hmm. that, you know, counting as you were breathing was something that would help calm me down a lot because suddenly I wasn't focusing on, oh, God, oh, God, I need to get out of this corner or I need to get off the ropes. It was like, okay, I need to breathe. And as I would breathe, I would start to move in conjunction with that breath. I see. Now, you mentioned Muay Thai. Mm. Tell us some things about Muay Thai that the average person might not be aware of or things that you love about that sport. Uh, I just, it's, again, you were talking about the elegance of boxing. Mm -hmm. Muay Thai is even, uh, it's even more about your feet because obviously you're using your legs, your knees, your elbows. Um, And this is a Thai form of boxing. mm. Is that fair to say or? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Thai boxing is another phrase for it. But um, it's the art of eight limbs. Okay. So you have punching with your hands. Yes. Kicking. You have knees and you have elbows. Okay. Um, So it's four of each on either right, side right. so that's eight um it uh it's there was a few films that came out in the early 2000s um uh, tony Shaw would have been a very famous uh, actor portraying muay thai okay um and he's phenomenal it's much faster than boxing um and it's not given as much attention sure. um, when you look at mma you know, there's a lot of boxing and grappling. But uh, when I did MMA, my, my base was Muay Thai. Oh, okay. Um, so it meant that uh, a lot of Muay Thai, you sweep. So you take someone down. Right. By, um, and that's that sort of, if you're familiar, that image where they get low to the ground. It almost looks like ballet moves. Like, you know, when, when uh, Barishnikov or someone is like jumping in the air and their legs go fully extended. But this is on the ground with a big sweep. No, it's, no? Okay. it's from standing in a tall position. Oh, what am I thinking? Um, you're thinking of like a kung fu sweep. Okay, sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, it, it's very confusing. Clearly, I don't, I don't get in the rink at all. But anyways, go on. Um, so you would uh, you clinch? You clinch in boxing where you get really close. It's right. Often perceived as hugging. Mm-hmm. In Muay Thai, you actively attack your opponent in a clinch. So if you're essentially hugging them right. around the neck. Um, an upper body, 
you uh, you use your your knees to uh, to try and get it into their body. Okay. You know, throw a knee into the ribs if you can. One of my favorites was kneeing someone in the side of the thigh so that you could give them a dead leg. Okay. Um, and then from there, if you move your hips and you move your feet a little bit, you can, from a standing position, sweep your opponent and okay. get them on their back on the ground. Um, so Muay Thai is... Uh, it can be a very long distance if you have your legs and you're kicking them, keeping them out of your range, or you can get in incredibly close and uh, elbow someone in the head. Wow. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How has boxing, Muay Thai, and all the other uh, arts and sports that you know in this sort of area uh, impacted your daily life in manners which you wouldn't have anticipated? Uh, in terms of confidence, okay. um, I do realize that the more advanced I got, the more competent and um, just more skilled. I, I became more confident in almost all aspects. It, uh, I don't want to sound obnoxious, but I do think um, you're more aware um, of a lot of things. Like uh, even in the workplace, I found that my attention span improved. Oh. Um, yeah, I think um, because you focus so much on where your feet are and where your hands are and you think so much like uh, boxing is essentially like chess it's very intellectually involved um, I think that it tends to make you more alert in all aspects of your life walking down the street as a woman mm -hmm. um, I know chances are I can at least outrun someone okay my cardio is pretty okay um, and again I have a, an awareness of my body and of someone else's body if someone gets in close to me again you have a sweep and clinch option right. if you're lucky and they don't have a knife um, or uh, you know keep someone at a distance you have an awareness of uh, how to ground your body so you don't get taken down if someone comes for you um, just I think it just makes you mentally more capable um, and Tell again me more about this um, intellectual aspect or this chess aspect of boxing um, yeah it's it's a lesson that a lot of the time when you're training, you do drills and okay. it's a repetition and, you know, we, we count our punches. One is your lead hand, two is your backhand, three is a hook, and then four is often an uppercut. You've five to the body, six to the body. Um, and you'll shout like two, three, two. So you know that it's punch number two, followed by number three, followed by number two. You have head movements. So um, it's... When we train, we train a lot of repetition, but when you fight, you can't repeat. Because okay. so, your opponent will then yeah. be able to predict your next move. Yeah, okay. so you can't have a pattern. And on top of it, you can't you know, expect someone else to have a pattern. When I started sparring for the first time, um, I would use my patterns. I would use my repetition. Okay. And I, I would use like two, three, two, you know, with a slip and a two. Um... And, uh, and yeah, it would be like my opponent, who would be much more skilled, sure. um, would recognize it, would counter it, cut me off halfway. Wow. Um, so you need to learn to adjust faster. You need to move around. You need to recognize, you need to keep an eye on their chest. Mm -hmm. If you keep an eye on the center of their body, you can see their feet and their, their shoulders. Through so, micro movements or just? Yeah. Um, oh, really? Because the second you move your hips, you're going to move, your chest starts to adjust. If you're moving your shoulders, your chest is adjusting. So um, 
I have a habit of always looking down when I'm walking. Okay. Um, and so one of the things I had to relearn was to keep my eyes further up. So I would watch people's feet a lot. Um, In the ring? Yeah. When I started, okay. I was always looking down, always looking at people's feet. Um, my coach was like, great, keep looking at my feet. I'm going to keep hitting you in the face. Right. Um, so it was a lesson to, he, would, he was like, if you want to look down, look at my chest all the time. Um, he was like, you can see the whole world from mm. the center. Wow. Um, so, uh, I mean, he, he was still brutal and uh, I'm short-sighted. Okay. Um, like my vision. So once I take off my glasses, it's hard for me to, to see certain things. I would go by color. Okay. Um, so thankfully, everyone has bright colors when they fight. You know, you see the reds and the blues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easier to see. But uh, I remember he made a joke one time. He said, you can't block what you can't see. He threw a punch at my face and then a kick at my face. Oh, wow. Um, and he was like, did you see either of those? I said, no. He was like, because I'm too fast. I said, no, I'm short-sighted. Oh. <laughs> so how do you compensate for that? Color. Just color? Yeah. Um, so you don't wear, like, contacts or anything like contacts that? Contacts get knocked out. Okay. Yeah. Um, you take a few shots to the face. And yeah, okay. And they're on the ground. So uh, so for for him, he when he would be shouting at me um, from a corner, he would uh, tell me warmer or colder okay. when it came to if I was too far away from my opponent. Um, so he would do the compensation for me a lot. Oh, wow. Um, or, you know, he'd just shout closer, closer. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes I would be too far away from my opponent. I would overestimate. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have long limbs. Right. So uh, he would do the compensation for me unless he was training me and he decided to take full advantage. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's back to the original question, mm-hmm. which was um, you're using intellect in the fight. It is recognizing how other people move as well. So when we try and avoid patterns, it doesn't. there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. There's only so many combinations you can throw. Um and again, it's about figuring if your fighter is a close fighter or a distance fighter. I see. And it's about understanding people, um, engaging their um, understanding of you. So it is about trickery as much as it, as it is about um, understanding yourself. It's about trying to be smarter than your opponent. So can you, if you were to watch a boxer, let's say someone who's, who's really popular, do you sort of get a sense of what their moves will be? Yeah. Okay. Um, you always kind of know. There's uh, there's boxers out there who want to win on points, and there's boxers out there who want to decapitate okay. their opponent. Um, there's, a, there's a very famous Irish boxer called Katie Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very popular. She's uh, she's a sporting icon for us. She's mm-hmm. she's our hero, Okay. person we're most proud of. Um, she's very aggressive. She's a, a lovely human being, very, very sweet. Um, Have you met her? No. Okay. <laughs> she in interviews. Okay. I've seen her uh, in person. She actually came to my small town. Oh, wonderful. Um, my mom surprised me with tickets, um, which was a very sweet thing to do after she took me out of training as a child. But um, she uh, she sent me there. It's a very small town. And you can see Katie Taylor after a fight will stand around and greet some children and encourage them. And right. You know, even you watch her on social media. She's always trying to tell little girls, like, you can do this. Right. So... Um, so yeah, she's a very kind person. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very religious person. I see. Um, she's all about, you know, thanking God for everything. Okay. And uh, and then you see her in the ring. I remember watching her in Boston maybe two years ago. She gets very angry in the okay. ring. Okay. Um, she's very powerful punches. She's mm-hmm. very fast, 
but um, she gets very aggressive and she starts to ignore her coach. Um, and you become a different person when you're in the ring. Okay. You know, um, you think you're a certain way until someone punches you in the face and it changes who you are on okay. a, a cellular level almost. Wow. Um, and I remember watching her. Her uh, her opponent was scared. It To everyone in the audience, it looked like her her opponent was scared of her. So she lay back in the on the ropes and said, hit me, hit me, and dropped her hands. And for someone who's such a lovely person, right. to see her essentially being disrespectful. She apologized afterwards. She right. says, I'm so sorry. That was like she didn't know what came over her. Right. But we all knew what came over her. You are a different person when you get in that ring. And you cannot think of, I really want to thank my mom. Right. You can only think of, I want either, to beat my opponent. Yeah, yeah, either I want to take your head off or I want to outclass you. Okay. She lost her class in that moment. Okay. Um, and all she cared about was, uh, was hitting this woman as hard as she could in the face. I see. Um, and I think that's, uh, you can watch someone and you can think that she's going to be a very graceful fighter. Mm-hmm. She's a brutal puncher. Wow. Um, and you're just a different person. Um, so my mom was shocked. My very elegant lady mother was uh, was quite shocked to see, you know, someone who she had been like, she's such a lady. Right. Um, go in, kind of be rude. Right. Let me ask you this, because you, you brought this up. And boxing has traditionally always been seen as a sport for men. Mm. What would you say to our listeners who are think- our listeners who uh, identify as female who might be thinking of getting into this sport or thinking maybe their daughter or niece might enjoy the sport from a from the female perspective how would you encourage uh, females about this sport it I always always encourage women to to take up any kind of combat sport maybe okay. boxing isn't for you maybe right. kung fu is I think that the people like Katie Taylor have opened up the space for us so much more. Okay. Um, I trained predominantly with men. Um, in Ireland, it was a gym owned by Polish men mostly. Okay. My coach was the one of the only Irish. I think there's only two Irish coaches there. Um, and the respect that people have for you when you're a woman and you step in and you're always going to be a couple of pounds lighter and smaller than right. the guys across from you. I'm, I was a little different. I'm quite tall. Right. Um, and I, I was already training weights because of my brothers. But... Um, it's a different level of respect. I've never once encountered sexism in martial arts. Okay. And, uh, and once you start to tell, like, there's going to be men who will challenge you and say, oh, you think you can fight? Right. Could you knock me out? Chances are yes. You wouldn't even have to learn how to fight to knock someone out. It's, it's biology. Mm-hmm. There's a point in your jaw where the, the skull and your jawbone meet. One swift punch there. You can knock anyone out regardless of their size. Um, so it's not even about power. It's about knowledge and awareness of your body. But for a woman to take it, um, it's a graceful, beautiful sport like we spoke right. um, with your feet and that movement. It's also training your body and understanding how you move. Um, I found that in my last few years as a, a coach, I've had more women than men take my class because I'm a female instructor. Okay. Um, I think it was a two-to-one ratio we had when I was teaching in Dublin of women coming in and they wanted to learn and they didn't just want to learn like for fitness right they wanted to learn to fight and i coached people and i remember one woman in particular went in and had a fight within three months of starting training oh wow she had never thrown a punch in her life she just happened to be the same height and build as me 
and I was like, I'm going to teach you how to fight. That's great. And, uh, and within three months, she went in. She won her fight. Oh, she won too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive as well, right? Yeah. She went against a girl who had done like – she'd been training. The other girl had been training for like a few years. Um, that girl had also uh, – she'd taken some white-collar fights. So okay. that's <clears throat> – um, I guess it's white-collar is not serious. It's not amateur. But everyone, uh, everyone was registered as an amateur boxer. Okay. Um, my friend Claire, she was taller than her height. Height matters. It does in it, boxing. You get reach. Oh, of course. Um, so we knew that her opponent was shorter than her. So for the weeks leading up to it, I put her with shorter men and women to train. And I said, they're going to attack your body. Okay. And be like, you have to defend. They're not going to hit your head. They're going to hit you in the body. So she had to change up everything. When she would train with me, we were even. Right. When she would train with a shorter person, I was like, they're going to hit you right in your, like, your solar plexus. Okay. They're going to take the air out of your lungs. You have to stop that. And you have to keep them at a distance. Right. And you have to change the game for them. So it was just about putting people in to change everything for her, make her rethink her entire style. Um, and, yeah, she um, she won, which was really cool. Um, but, again, she only had, I think, three months of training. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I love I love the aspect of strategy that was put into place with regards to this particular fight. I didn't, re- you know... Not that I didn't realize it, but you sort of breaking it down makes me realize how much strategy is involved in this sport. Yeah, once you once you know who you're against, depends if they're left-handed or right-handed. Mm-hmm. As a left-handed fighter, I uh, I wouldn't let them know I was left-handed. I see. I would train right-handed, and I would start a fight right-handed, and uh, and then I would switch. I would switch my feet, and I would switch my dominant hand. And because I trained both left and right, I see. my uh, my jab when I was in my right-handed stance was from my power hand. So I had a jab that was heavier and harder than it should have been. Okay. And my coach, who was also left-handed, encouraged it. Right. He said, when you step in that ring, you step in right-handed. When you finish your opponent, you finish left-handed. Wow. Yeah. So it's, again, it's about trickery. This is great. Cloda, thank you so much now that we've... Uh got to the real meat of boxing we're also towards the end of this episode um thank you for holding no punches and talking about boxing in this episode and i encourage everyone listening that this is a sport of elegance of strategy of getting out of your head and of power and i encourage anyone as i'm sure you do all the time this is a great sport to get into yes thank you cloda um And thank you for listening to the Insomnia Project. This episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada. Until next time.